Did you know that a genuine saving faith in the Lord Jesus will create a testable experience of salvation in your life? It does. Believing in Jesus, really believing in Him alone for your salvation, changes your life, and you can test it. We'll talk about this more today. Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and its local missions fellowship in Boise, Idaho, The Bread of Life Church. If you're looking for a place that is taking the gospel and direct and personal evangelism throughout the world, go to traincpe.org and learn about church partnership evangelism. And to learn about our ministry in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. We'll begin today by reading the words of Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. They are words declaring the experience that comes to those who have been justified by faith in the Lord Jesus. Paul writes, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we spoke about this already, that justification is ours through Jesus Christ. It can be explained in a number of different ways. But from God's view, maybe the simplest way to explain this idea of justification by faith is to use an adage that you've heard before, a wonderful adage. As we understand justification by faith, there is a, a sense in which now we can come into God's presence ourselves, and we can stand before Him without living in fear, without cowering, and we can stand before Him with our heads up. But the reason is because of how God looks at us in that moment, because we've been justified or made right through our faith in Jesus Christ. And the adage is that God looks at us just as if we'd never sinned. He looks at us clothed and dressed in the perfect righteousness of His Son. He looks at us with the same pleasure that He looked upon His Son. When the Lord Jesus, you might remember, was baptized, we read this in Matthew and Mark and Luke and those three Gospels, that at the time of His baptism that the Lord spoke out over the waters in which He was baptized, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And God was declaring His pleasure over the Lord Jesus Christ. That pleasure that he had in his son abided upon the son and was expressed and that favor was upon his son all throughout his earthly journey. And then towards the end of that journey, the Lord Jesus describes to his disciples or announces to his disciples that he's going up to Jerusalem and there he's going to be beaten by the chief priests and by the the scribes and the Pharisees and the Romans and there he's going to be crucified. And you remember that Peter said, Lord, may it never be. And the Lord Jesus rebuked Peter at his statement. It was right after that, just before he begins to make his way up to Jerusalem for the sacrifice, that the Bible tells us that he took Peter, James, and John, and they went up onto a high mountain. When they got up onto that high mountain, that the Lord Jesus was transfigured before their eyes, so that his body, in a sense, metamorphized before them, and his face began to shine like the sun, and his clothes began to radiate like a radiating light that clothed them in light. And in that moment, as they were witnessing this, a Moses and then Elijah came alongside of the Lord Jesus. Moses, representing the law that God had communicated to the people of Israel and gave as a divine revelation to us. Elijah, representing the prophets by which God spoke to the nation of Israel. Two of the greatest figures in all of Israelite history the great heroes of their faith, these two men standing alongside the Lord Jesus, and Peter 
not knowing what to say, speaking for the other two, said, Lord, if it's good, it's good, this is good that this is happening. If you give us permission, let us build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Now those tabernacles are probably like the booze that would be temporarily built during the time of celebration for the Feast of Tabernacles. Let's build something for that, for the three of you. Let's give you all equal honor. God speaks at that moment out of the cloud. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear you him. His life extends out beyond in greatness that of Moses, beyond in wonder and pleasure that I had in Elijah. He is the one I'm well pleased in. This is Christ and this is his life and this is the father's attitude towards his son. When we're justified by faith, this is his attitude towards us. We live under the view of his good pleasure, under the view of his favor. The Bible says, as many as received his son, Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God. And that's what we are. And as such, God looks upon us with that same kind of pleasure. Now, out of that justifying faith, Paul tells us of three experiences that come to us, three things that settle into our existence and our life as those who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. We spoke about the first one last week, and that is that we gain a sense or an awareness of peace with God. This is how God addresses our past, the accumulation of all of our sin, all of our rebellion, all of our antagonism towards God, a past in which we were, the Bible says, enemies of God, and under His own condemnation and wrath, that past is turned away, and in a moment of faith in Jesus Christ, we come to an end of all hostility. And suddenly we are at peace with God. We have peace with Him through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith places us in a position in which the favor that God has upon His own Son now rests upon us. Never been in the warfare, never been in the midst of battle, never been in a place where the cannon fire is sounding out around you and where the shells are bursting around you. I don't know what it's like when the moment when all of a sudden peace comes and the fire ceases and the ceasefire takes place and everything has been settled and you can come out of your foxhole and go into the world and reclaim it for yourself. But that's what happened when I put my faith in Jesus Christ. All of that hostility ceased. And in a moment, God invited me into the world in which I lived in antagonism and against Him. And I began to live for the things that He was bringing and He was making. And that's how God dealt with my past. We spoke about that last week. Now, let's look at two other things that take place this week. The next thing it says in our passage is that we enter into a state of grace in which we stand or in which we are fixed. And this is where God puts us in the present. For my past, God brings me into peace with God. For my present now, in this state in which I live in this present day and age, I am living in a standing or a fixed state of grace. Now, before this, when Paul speaks of the idea of grace, Paul uses the word grace. He's speaking of it as the free way in which God brings to us or offers us salvation. How it's something that's free, that's given to us. We don't work for it. We don't labor for it. It's just this free gift of salvation. It's grace. But now he gives us a different turn or a different perspective or a different application of this word grace. Now he's not talking about the free way in which God offers us salvation. But here he's speaking of grace as the abiding state that we enter into in which now we enjoy all the benefits of that salvation. 
Everything that is ours now to experience and enjoy and that we are to receive from God's outpoured benefits and blessing, this now is a standing or state of grace. It's free too. But it comes to us through this free salvation. We see here, by the way, that it comes through faith in Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, and through whom also we have access. So in all these things that we're going to be talking about this morning, just remember that it all is anchored in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through him and in him and by him that we experience these things. And it's through him and in him and by him that we now live in this state of grace. Now, let's look at this word access for a second. Through him also we have received or we have access. The word there in Greek is uh, prosagoge, and it can mean one of two things. It can mean access, but it also can mean introduction. So if you have a New American Standard Bible, it will put it this way. Through whom, speaking of the Lord Jesus, we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace. And so, in this idea, the focus is upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and the idea that He has taken us and brought us and given us an introduction or, or an audience with God who then bestows upon us these graces. Reading an old English preacher, he tells the story to illustrate this of a little beggar boy who is standing outside the fence at Buckingham Palace and he's begging the guards to let him go in and speak to the king because he has a special need and a special favor that he's asking and of course they ignore him but the little boy just keeps pestering him and begging him and at some point in time he's warned and asked to be quiet and silent but they're not responding to any of his requests and he begins to weep and he's washing his face with his tears this grubby little beggar boy when all of a sudden a hand comes down and takes hold of his hand and the man who grabs hold of him says, Come with me, lad, and I'll take you into the palace. And so the man leads him before the guards. And when they come before the guards, the guards snap to attention and clear the way for the man and the boy to enter into the palace. For the man is the Prince of Wales. He's the son of the king. And he leads the little beggar boy into the palace, Buckingham Palace, to meet the king and make his request to the king. That's the illustration. He's received an introduction by way of the son of the king, the prince of Wales. And in the same way, we're told that we could take the passage that way. That our Lord Jesus Christ has introduced us. He's granted us this entrance. The God the Father. I think that's true. I think that's what he's done for us. However, I don't think that's what the word prosagoge means here in this passage. Most of the translations say we have been granted access or we have gained access and I think that's the right that's the right translation the emphasis here is not on just the entryway in which we've come to him or the means in which we've come to him but it's what's before us what we've gained access to and what it describes is a life that we've gained access to and all can say is it's all grace it's all this free outward benefit that has been given to us through Jesus Christ. We not only have received peace with God, but we have a new position now as His sons and daughters. Grace, in this sense, is unmerited favor. And here, having been justified by faith, we stand favored by God. Favored by God. You go to a little playground and there's a bunch of kids playing on the playground. Your eyes, and this happens sometimes, 
your eyes are caught up by one child that's just particularly glowing and beautiful and they've got maybe just the, the cutest little clothes on and they've got just the most cherubic little face they have just the prettiest little hair with little bows and they've got just perfect little skin and you hardly notice another little kid that's running around and he's got hair that's going all over the place and it's patchy and his eyes are close together and he's got freckles all over his face and he's just you know he's got a face that only a mother could love and he's playing on the playground as well yet what you don't know is that on a bench next to you is a person who has their eyes just on that little boy just can't take their eyes off that little boy as he's playing on that playground it's his mother and she loves that face and she loves that boy and he has all of her favor all of her favor as opposed to the appearance of all the other little children all the delights they're experiencing all focus in and are all drawn upon the delight she takes in that one child and that's how it is for us that's how it is for us God looks at us now he receives us we live in a state in which through Jesus Christ we have his favor he's favoring us it's it's a favor that opens up to us benefits too numerous for us to count. This statement, into this grace, or access into this grace, or this grace in which we stand, this grace, this grace, think about it, this grace, what does that mean? It's too deep a pool of blessing to begin to explain or explore. It's, it's grace so manifold, so multiple, so all-encompassing that you can't, you couldn't, you wouldn't think that you could name it all. Thanks for listening in today to The Bread of Life. Keep the missionaries of Church Partnership Evangelism in your prayers as they work in Ecuador and Cambodia and India and Indonesia and Greece and Bulgaria to release the body of Christ as his witnesses. Find out more by going to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.